to Inner Bloom, a podcast about how to live a happier, healthier, more harmonious life as you learn how to work with the universe, reconnect with your intuition, and bloom from within. I'm Alexa, a writer, producer, and EFT practitioner with a passion for all things metaphysical. And with me is my friend and co-host, Ambie. I'm Ambie, a physical therapy assistant, mom of three, an intuitive medium who has been communicating with the spirit world since the age of five. Some might call it woo-woo, but from our perspective, anything is possible, and we intend to normalize the abnormal by sharing our own life experiences as well as intuitive insights, channeled material, wisdom from special guests, and any other resources we believe will help our souls expand and thrive. Hello, all you bloomers. Happy Friday. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, I am kind of riding solo. Ambrosia is still recovering from her surgery. Everyone send her so much love and healing vibes. She's She's doing really well, though, so she will be back soon. Um, but I'm not alone because I have Christy Fernandez here with me. Hi, Christy. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Pretty good. Can't complain too yeah. much. <laughs> <laughs> too much. Not too much. <laughs> yeah, it's it's um it's it's like the wild west, wild wild west out yeah. there right now, right? And really is. <laughs> Yeah, Christy and I were just kind of talking off air about how um, there's just a there's just a we're just going through a lot right now, man. We're leveling up. There's a lot of energy. There's a lot of emotion, and you know, I'm sure uh, a lot of you listening can probably relate to that. It's it's been dense, right? Yeah, absolutely. Just a lot of like probably shedding of old skins. I think is what I feel like the image I'm getting. So yes. It's uncomfortable, but we know we're we're growing. So yeah. that's always good. Exactly. Exactly. And it's always like to have that in mind makes it more comfortable too. I was actually catching myself this week. Um I've been in this phase for like a week and a half where I'll have I mean, I've been having these days almost every day where I feel like energetically heavy and low and tired. And I'll then I'll catch myself be like, what are the what are the energy reports saying? Like, <laughs> I need to validate this. And I'll go and I'll try to find a report that says and it's like finally today or yesterday it was like, duh, like things are first of all, things are always happening energetically. So you're always going to find something. But second of all, it's like you're just I was realizing with myself, like you're just validating like how you're feeling, which is fine. But it's like, how about just like accepting that we're always going to be changing. We're always going to be growing and knowing that like we're saying, it's actually turning us into a new human. And that's painful. Like that's painful, but there's beauty in the pain, you know, there's, there can be beauty in the pain. There can be beauty in the the transformation. So yeah, definitely. And sometimes I, I caught myself too, actually, like just checking the the inner bloom page often, (laughs) and also like the positive heads page and like just feeling like maybe this is becoming a little bit of a crutch too. So like, and it's still another way to not allow myself to fully feel what I'm feeling. Right. Cause now I'm like looking for like an external reason as to why it's happening versus actually going internal and like examining the real root of the issue. So I've definitely had the same thought this week. I'm like, I kind of need to get away from that a little bit and just like yeah. let it be and understand where it's coming from. 
Um, yeah. And just it's, feel those feelings, people. <laughs> totally. Oh my God. That's such a good, uh, that's such a good, um, insight. It's like a way of externalizing it rather than doing what, what this is all about, which is going within and just feeling what we're feeling. It's like, it's like, the way we like to blame Mercury retrograde. It's like, oh, what's well, Mercury retrograde? So right. blah, 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 blah. It's like this, it's like that. But I was getting this feeling. I'm like, how long are you gonna do this? For literally forever? Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God. Um, so I definitely resonate with that for sure. Um, and I know I've seen some of you writing in the the Facebook group um about it and the Positive Heads Facebook group. And it's just nice to know, I think, you know, to, that we're all going through it together and we're all going to continue to go through this together. Like that's why we all signed up to be here at this time, to go through this transformation together. And it doesn't mean we can't share what we're experiencing, but also to realize that we're all having different experiences. And if we keep looking for what everyone else is going through or what everyone else is saying is happening, it's like we're not going to get to experience our unique evolution. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So um, that being said – um, so this is the last week of Conscious Parenting, June, with Christy, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's okay because we're going to – you're coming to our Lioness Leadership Retreat in yes. September and doing the three-month program with us. We're so excited. Yeah, I'm so excited. I can't wait. I was actually thinking about that yesterday. I'm like, it's exactly three months from, <laughs> yes. from now and like – you know, it's going to be awesome. And I feel like even leading up to that, there's going to be so much growth for me just to prepare myself for that Definitely. conference itself, like for the retreat. And like, uh, there's already things that are like coming up for me in terms of like using my kids as an excuse. There's another, you know, like why, like sometimes as parents, we tend to do that too. Like we will, you know, put it on them as to why we're not, you know, achieving what we want to or why we're this tired or why we don't have time and all these things. But uh, that's something I'm working on, you know, and that was the first step, signing up for this retreat, being away from them for for a few days and like actually focusing on just me, you know, without my husband, who I love, but it's still another, (laughs) you know, person to have to cater to. So sometimes, you know, it's just, I haven't done something for myself in a really long time. So I'm excited. So proud of you. So (laughs) proud of you for saying yes. Just even saying yes. And, you know, we could even talk about this for a second, but just like the power of saying yes to yourself and saying yes to something that, like you said, you you had a million kind of reasons not to, right? It's like, well, my kids, well, my husband or well, whatever the things are. Um, But just even what can happen as soon as you say yes as soon as you just say yes, even though the thing, this is three months off, now you have said yes. So you know that that's happening. So like you just mentioned, you're already, things are already coming up. The shift has already taken place because you've committed to that new version of yourself, right? Which exactly. Which is so powerful and cool to realize. Like I feel like a lot of us don't realize that. Yeah, absolutely. Just- and especially for moms. I think like our society puts so much on moms. especially nowadays with like, you have to do it all. You have to have a career. You have to, you know, be this perfect Pinterest mom or like make sure like you have the Instagrammable moments and all this stuff. Um, But when do you have time to like put yourself first? Like, I think that's so important. And like hashtag self-care is like a huge thing (laughs) right now. But then it's like, is it, is it real self-care unless you're like working towards who do you want to be, who you want to become? And 
you know, sometimes it's really hard as a mom to like separate your identity from motherhood because you love your kids so much, but there is, there has to be that separation a little, at least a little bit. And especially when they're young, it's so difficult because they rely on you. But at the same time, you're not going to be the best mom you can be or the best parent you can be if you're not there for yourself first. And that's something that I'm like really trying to focus on for myself because I know I have moments where I'm not there for myself, you know? Yeah. Or, or I mean, what what I was just thinking about too, on top of that, as you're not going to be the best mom you can be, it's also like, what are you showing the kids? You know, like it's starting that codependent or it's perpetuating that codependency. Like, well, I can't be away from you um, or else something's wrong or, or else something won't function properly or, or, or whatever it is. Um, and I was thinking about one of my friends uh, who I just kind of reunited with. She, we were hanging out a couple weeks ago and she was telling me how her older sister, um, just got married and she had to plan the bachelor party and her sister is like the last of all of her friends to get married and her friends already have kids and like it's just she did it a little later and so she was telling my my friend the little sister was telling me about planning this bachelorette party for all of her sister's married friends and how they were <laughs> it was really it sounded really comical but i felt for them because she was saying they were like if it's not like if it is not up to my – they were getting an Airbnb and they're like, if it is literally not like five-star, just – I'm not even going to do it because this is my – like I I only get to get away this one time. Like this is my chance basically. And if you're not going to do it like up to my like standard, then you know what? Just – and she said like five of them just bailed because like the bathroom wasn't exactly the way that they wanted to look or something like that. And we were talking about this mom – this mom guilt thing and this mom and the, this this feeling like you can never – she was echoing the sentiment about like never leaving the children and never doing anything for themselves. And then she was saying how crazy it was making these moms and how she couldn't even be around them. Like she just – they just felt so stressed out. And so um, it was just making – it was just making me think of that and think about how there is this whole – there are probably a ton of moms who – refuse to take breaks for themselves and then just kind of end up just, I don't know, going off the deep yeah. end. Yeah. I mean, the, the guilt is real. Um, is really, it's something and that- what just, is the yeah. guilt? Can you like describe it? I, oh, that's a good question. Um, well, man, I think there's so much pressure. So it comes both, ex- I, I feel like it's both external and internal. So like, you have pressure from uh, from the outside to make sure that like it looks like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing as a mom. Like, and I really feel like this specifically is for moms because I don't think men get the same pressure. You know, uh, like for men, I feel like they get praised. The, the bar is really low for praise when it comes to parenting and fatherhood, um, which is also insulting in a way too, because for like people who have equal partners, like my husband is very much an equal partner. Um, if, if not, he takes on a lot for me, like things that really stress me out, he'll take on. And he's also there for the kids. So like, he's definitely an equal partner, but it, like people, it's almost patronizing, like, wow, he can do this and he can do that. And that's like, that's not fair either. You know, it's not giving men enough credit um, of what they're capable of. But going back to the guilt, um, 
besides it being external, it's also like just this, I, maybe it's a need for control and not wanting, I want to say like not wanting other people to like, it's hard to say. Judge. It, judge. That's, criticize. yeah. Criticize. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Well, you know what's so interesting as you were talking, I was thinking about like, again, I don't have kids yet. I do have a dog. It all comes back to my dog. But really, like, my dog literally feels like my child. I've had her for, like, 11 years. Um, And I was noticing we were camping the other day, um, and we brought her with us. And I just kept – it was like I just kept feeling, I, I guess, what is maybe a bit of, like, what you're describing. It's like almost like, am I doing the right thing with her? Should she be out here? Should she be, is she getting exposed to this? Is this right? Should we have left her at home? Is she going to get lost? Am I watching her enough? Like all this, all this stuff. But I also feel like what you're talking about and you helped me, you illuminated this for me is it's that, especially with moms, I think there's this, the, 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 you're supposed to be taking the best care. Like you're supposed to be the nurturing one. Like moms are, you know, this is what a good mother does. And every other mother is so quick to feel maybe like, oh, well, I could, you know, this child could be taken care of better or maybe I could be doing it better or I have my way of doing it, whatever it is. But then when you were talking about like um, the judgment and the criticism, I was thinking about how it's kind of like um, – you know, a, a child is kind of like creating a, a, a creative project in a way. I mean, that sounds terrible to compare a child to a creative project. But I mean, you are – it's a creation, right? You have created something and brought it into the world. And I know that a lot – I'm a creative and that I feel very sensitive to showing the world – my work because I'm like, oh my God, people are going to – I don't want them to criticize it. I don't want them to criticize the way that I did it or I didn't do it right or whatever. And I mean, you're the child – a child is the ultimate creation. It's the right. ultimate creation. And so, of course, like as soon as you have a creation out there, it's um, – you're being seen too. You're being seen everywhere you go, right? Yeah, So there's exactly. a lot of opinions. A lot of opinions. And that's the thing. Like everyone's motherhood journey or journey into parenthood is completely different. But there's these like expectations that, you know, a lot of people just have an idea of what it's supposed to be like or what it should be like. And there's a lot of judgment that comes from that um, right. as well. So. Right. Do you find there's judgment from people who are not mothers who think that they know? Yeah. <laughs> very often <laughs> yeah it, ha it happens a lot and I feel like you know I even remember when I wasn't a mom it's like you know you were the best mom until you became yeah. one you know or your kids weren't gonna do this and they weren't gonna do that and then it's like yeah once you're in it it's a whole different ball game like I talk to my husband about it a lot like it's just it's one of those things that you really can't understand until you're in it because it's just such it's like an it's like a muscle you've never used. So if you, yeah, like if you've never had to go there, you've never had to think about the things that you have to think about constantly as a parent, like you're not going to really be able to have that perspective. And then also the other part that like is really hard to grasp is the lack of like personal freedom almost. Like mm. you, ha you have two human beings, well, for me too now, that depend on me day and night, you know, like, 
would not be alive if it wasn't, you know, for our attention to them. So it's just like you, you never have to experience that with a pet almost, but not quite as much. Um, They're more independent. Right. They're more independent. So, you know, you can leave your pet at home or whatever, but it's like every move you make once you have small children is like, you have to think 10 steps ahead in order to like make that move. So that's why like, I'm not judging anyone who does, you know, it's more comfortable to just stay with your kids. <laughs> Sometimes it's just, you don't want to do that work of like figuring it out. Oh, how am I going to be able to take a, a date night and the 20,000 things you need to do to lead up to, you know, feeling comfortable and being able to enjoy yourself, at least with very small children. As they grow, it gets a little easier, um, which I know now as, a, as you know, a second time mom, but at first child is like it's really hard it's it's really hard and I feel like it's a it's the conversation is starting to happen which is good like there's a lot more transparency I feel like social media has brought out a lot of transparency in in parenthood and like um people who like really speak their truth on that like how difficult it is but I feel like for so many years it was like just expected like perfection like was what was shown you know you have this perfect family um, on the inside, like or what was happening at home, nobody really cared about, but just what other people thought of, of the family yeah. was what, you know, people work so hard to present. Um, and a lot of that fell on moms, you know, to just make sure your kids look clean and, you know, are well-fed and, you know, have good manners. And when they're outside, like they, yeah. they're not allowed to, you know, speak out or have an emotion and all of that stuff. Like you just want... Right. A perfect storybook family and that pressure I feel like even though that's not necessarily what is expected nowadays it's still kind of there that pressure um to, to look a certain way to look yeah. like the right the right type of family definitely definitely I it's interesting because I was doing um I was doing like a lot of work on myself the past few days um with tapping and with like another coach that I work with, another sort of like emotional processing technique. And um, something I was working on was like my body issues, like just something I've always had my whole life. And it's it's funny because I, I work on a lot of parts of myself, but that's the part I've somehow been like, oh, it's okay. Like I don't have to work on that part when it's really the part that like plagues me every single day. Mm-hmm. Anyway start working on it and I start someone was help doing a tap with me on it and um we ended up going into a place that I didn't expect to go which is essentially the whole part of my life from like seven years old to like I don't know 13 years old maybe earlier than seven where um we would go to TJ Maxx with my mom and with my cousins and their mom and <laughs> every summer we'd like go there to meet up because we would I would be going to their house for the the summer and um, and we'd do like a, a school shopping trip or something or a summer shopping trip. Anyway, I would find things that like spoke to me. I'd find this like cute little dress and I'd be like, oh my God, like this – yeah, like I want this and I'd put it on. And every time I put on something that I wanted, like that I felt good in, that felt like spoke to me, my mom would always be like, um – yeah, but it pulls here and I don't know if like this is the right thing. And also like she would just always find little things that weren't right about it. And it felt like – anyway, this whole tap led to me realizing that 
But then she would find something that she liked. And the thing for to me would feel so like – it felt like it was just completely covering me up and was just so like, like drab and like – didn't fit my personality at all. And then she would just sit there and be like, oh my God, that looks so beautiful on you. Wow. And I'd be like, I don't like it. She'd be like, but Lex, like it really looks good on you. And the, all this guilt, like coming, guilting me kind of about not wanting to choose that. And it made me realize like where a lot of my indecisiveness comes from. I mean, I love my mom, but a lot of that was about like teaching me that the the things that I was drawn to weren't exactly right and there was things wrong with them. Um, and so anyway, what you were talking about, about like presenting the perfect whatever, you know, it is true because I was thinking about how, why was my mom doing that? Like she was doing that because she thought that there was a right way for me to look. There was a right way, the way for me to look presentable and the fun, like cool clothes that felt most like me were threatening to that, you know? And and I have compassion for that. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I understand now, but it's – so – and that's kind of one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about. I wanted to ask your perspective on is, um, you know, because as I got in touch with that, I was like, okay. Well, so then my, my EFT practitioner, she was like, okay, so let's do an exercise. She's like, let's imagine you in the dressing room. Try on that dress that makes you feel so fun and free and whatever it is. And then instead of your mom coming and doing the criticism, she's like, imagine your mom's higher self coming. And Mm -hmm. so I envisioned my mom's higher self and it was cool, this really cool, like kind of like that really fun, warm aunt or something like that, beautiful, like kind of angel looking being came and she was just like in my in my visual, visualization she was just bigging me up in the dressing room she's like yeah girl like that dress is so cool and like you're going to like and just making me feel so excited and so empowered about my choice of this dress even though maybe the thing was pulling even though maybe there were these little um little pieces of it that weren't exactly right right but i could see in my visualization how that support and that affirmation of my choice actually really over time would align me more and more with who I was and bring me back to like what was right for everyone involved, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was really grateful to have had this realization, this visualization because I was like, wow, that's really powerful for me to see as I move forward like into motherhood. Right. However, I wanted to ask you about this because mm-hmm. I was like, or – is that unrealistic to think that, oh, yeah, I'm just going to like – if my kid wants to wear the thing, even if it's not, you know, 100% to my liking, I'll just empower them anyway. And, you know, is that realistic? Because I, I feel like I'm in that space of not being a mother and so – you get what I'm saying? I'm yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah, I mean, that's actually something that I still have to like uh, fight a little bit because I'm the same, like I have like a thing about matching and like things need to match <laughs> or go I always say it doesn't have to match but it has to go yeah <laughs> yeah uh, so like when my son like, wants to like he's in the age where he wants to pick his own you know his own clothes and yeah. it like totally doesn't go I have to like fight that like internal <laughs> thing to like you know not like completely squash him down or anything like that um, I, I might suggest something different, which I do sometimes, but you know, other times I'm like, I guess the, the main thing is, uh, examining that 
that reason why it bothers you so much again like again coming back to like why is that such a big trigger for me like in in real life like no one really cares everyone's so caught up in their own stuff like worrying about their kid that they don't really care what your kid wears if they notice like there was a few times my son wore the same shirt to pre-k twice in a row because that's what he wanted to do and there was not like there was not a point in fighting that so you know there's there's days that things like that happen and I think the the main thing is looking back to why it it it's a problem for you like Mm. and that that comes down to like what I really wanted to to clarify for as my message is like we our kids really are just like a catalyst for us to grow. We think that we are in a position of power because of the way like society is structured and how we want to like, we want to guide them someplace or maybe it's not because we want to guide them someplace. Maybe it's because we're worried about what other people think. And like, that's your problem. (laughs) You know, that's our problem as the grown up. you know, our kids are already in alignment. Like talk to any kid who's like, you know, doing their own thing. They're they're creative when they want to be. They you know, if they're they already don't, like where they need to be. Yeah, they're already they have mastered alignment. <laughs> like that's what we need to work on as like conditioned adults. We've been given all these things that you know, programmed to to believe certain things, um, which is why so much there's so much that we you know feel negatively towards because we're not in alignment. We don't want to wake up every every day and have to go to a job we hate because that's not in alignment with who you are and with your higher self. Um, and when you're, when you don't feel good about, I mean, that's, that's the one thing that I feel like becoming a parent showed me, like, because when you see par- parents act like they know everything or they, you know, or you feel like they, they know everything when you're a kid because of that power dynamic. But in reality, like you don't know what, what's going to happen or what, what, what you're doing. Like you just need to be clear on what, what makes you happy in the end. Right. Like that's the only thing you can control. You really can't control your child's happiness. You can, you know, support them. You can get, give them the conditions to have like a good, healthy, you know, life. But at the end of the day, they're their own person. Right. Just like Ambie, you know, says all the time, it's their journey. And a lot of times we don't realize that until, you know, they're teenagers or grown up. And then there's like this big rift at that point, you know, Mm. because they are trying to let you know by force, like, (laughs) I'm my own person. You can't control what's going to happen, you know. So I think the, the big thing for me is like starting that relationship when they're really young, because because if you don't like it's going to kind of be too late by the time, you know, they're. 16, 17, 18, they have their license, they can leave, they can, you know, you can be one of these, you know, parents that like, that has children that are compliant, but what's going to happen with your relationship? What's going to, do they want to hang out with you? Do they want to be around you? Do they have, have they been showing you their true self? You know, and that's something that like, I think for me, because it was very difficult for me to, to be who I actually am in front of my my parents like I felt like I I couldn't do that to my kids like that's not something that I want for my children so that doesn't mean that you let them do whatever they want because I I also don't believe in that like I believe that we need to provide 
the right environment for your child to be the best version of themselves, of who they are. And so that they can figure that out easier. And like, I feel like we can learn so much more from children than we give them the credit. Mm -hmm. Beautifully said, beautifully said. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and I think that's from what I've, I've gathered from all these episodes is that that is parenting. It's like figuring out that balance, the balance between being the um, authoritarian or, or not even that, being like the um, – it's like the do what I say, just like just laying out the laying out the rules and not hearing from the other side, right, versus like the parent that's like do whatever you want, like you're in charge. It's like finding that happy medium. I mean, because even when you think about like your friendships, right, like just as an adult, your friend, your friendships, it's like you don't – it's it's a happy medium between those two in those relationships as well. You're not like – you're not like demanding. Well, mm-hmm. I feel like most healthy friendships, like one right. person isn't super demanding, right? And the other's just like, okay, yes, whatever you say. And then on the other side, it's not like just do whatever the hell you want. Like, you know, um, you can you can bail on me. You can do this. You can do that. Like, just do whatever the hell you want. No, there's like, and there's a com- there's a conversation. There are ex- there are certain expectations, but there's also a certain amount of freedom and space for everyone to grow and play and interact and and live their own lives. And I feel like it's kind of it's kind of the same thing. It's just you're also uh, acting as like you said, like a guide and. Mm-hmm providing safety and security in the beginning of their lives and, you know, and and maybe that's that's how – or definitely I feel like that's how kind of those um, – the, the relationship gets misconstrued a bit because it feels like there's supposed to be some author, authority o- – power over. Right. Whereas and, – and you do have power over to a degree, but not abusing that, not taking that to another – another level that like it doesn't need to be taken to. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I, I, I do also think that people just don't think that or they don't see the connection maybe because they haven't done their own work yet or whatever, but like they don't see the connection of how like your early um, childhood, like how that affects you later in life. Like it's, it's, it is a lot of work as an adult to, you know, go through those things. A lot of times it's very painful and it's very difficult to even, you know, start examining those things. And a lot of times people become parents before they even think about that. So, I mean, I, for me, I think it's just focus on growing yourself because then that's the only way that you can provide, you know, what's, what's going to help your child grow into a, you know, a, a good person. And that's, I guess the ultimate, I mean, for me, that's the ultimate, you know, goal. Although a lot of times what happens is that we shift it to like success and then what's your idea of success, I yeah. guess. When you focus on external things, again, that's, that's where the stress comes because that doesn't, uh, that doesn't necessarily align with what your higher being wants yeah. for you. Definitely. Definitely. I was actually just having it's, – it's interesting to look at this on the other side too because I was just having a conversation with my dad right before we hopped on here. And, um, you know, I, I've been doing like a lot of work on myself, you know, a lot of like just understanding my emotions and a lot of emotions that I picked up from him, which is fine. Um, 
But I'm in a situation now where like I'm watching him kind of not want to move forward, mm-hmm. not want to step into – and I get it. It's scary, man. Like I was mm-hmm. there a couple of years ago. Like it's it, – it, totally. But it's really interesting when you're the child and you're like <laughs> – you know, you're kind of having to express this to your parent, like that, that they need to grow. <laughs> like, like you kind of got to like, you know, do the work, like mm-hmm. you, you got to do the work, uh, you know? And so, and, and I feel, and as you were explaining that, I feel really, I feel really blessed that I made this life shift from where I was to where I am now at the time that I did you know because now i do get to now i do get to go into motherhood with that as a base knowledge of how people's emotions work and 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 how we transfer our emotions to our children and how healing myself is you know my number one and just continuously working on myself is 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 the way that i can have you know the best relationship i think with my future children and the best ha- provide the best environment for them and provide the best space for them to, you know, um, to, to grow and evolve and pick up whatever they pick up. It's not to say it will be perfect. Absolutely not. Every yeah. And if you think about it, every single generation, I think we have this idea somewhere that's like, I'll just – we'll just get it all out and then the next generation will just be perfect. And it's like, no, <laughs> there's always going to be something. something. There's always gonna yeah. Be, yeah. It has to be. Yeah. But I feel like at least we're laying the groundwork for our – children to be able to, you know, so that it's not as difficult. Yeah. How many, you know, how many times have we had to repeat the same patterns and like get stuck in the, in the same cycle in order to like, see like, okay, maybe there's something here that I need to work through for our kids. They might already have that foundational knowledge of like, okay, this, I can change something. Like there's something within me that can make this happen. Mm -hmm. If I want something to change, like just by doing that, like we, are already changing the world. The world is so different now than how it used to be. So imagine if all kids were, you know, would, would get that foundation before, you know, becoming, you know, adults and moving on into like, the crazy world of expectations <laughs> that are out here for us yeah. too, you know, like it's, it's a lot, it's a lot to navigate. So being able to understand your emotions and having that skill set is like, it's huge. It's just a, it's just a big tool for our kids and it's, it's also you know it, it it helps you in a lot of different areas of your life just building relationships um with like you mentioned friends and stuff like that just being able to kind of have an open heart with all the crazy things happening in the world you know it's really easy to shut down um so i think being able to create the space for your kids to come to you about certain things um, will just be like a ripple effect because then maybe their friends will be able to come to them or, you know, as they grow older or like you said, your child may teach you something even once they're a grown adult and just being open to those things because how many lessons have people missed because they come from someone younger than them and they feel like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You're so young. Yeah. But like just being open to learning from everyone, including children. And I think that's, that's the main thing. Like if I've learned anything as a teacher, as a mom, is that kids always have a way of showing you. They're like mirrors. They have a way of showing you exactly who you are, what you know, what you want to say that you believe. If you they they can see through that if you're just pretending. 
they really can. So I love that. I I used to want to be a child psychologist when I was thought I was going to be a psychologist. I was double majoring in communication and psychology, and I kept saying I want to work with children, and everyone would be like, "Why?" I would be like, "Because they tell the truth. Like, there's no they haven't learned how to deceive or hide or mask for the most part. I'd say." Um, they haven't picked that up yet. That's why there's all those shows. It's like kids say the darndest things and whatever because they're literally just like speaking exactly what's going on. They're not, you know, up until a certain age, I'd say probably, like trying to kind of um, show something that's not actually happening. They're just saying it. They're just like, Mm -hmm. that's what's happening. Um, And I think that – I think I was very attracted to that energy back then, you know. And I mean I still am. I still – I still think – and I I still think that's the magic of children whenever I interact with them is like they're not – like they're not worrying. They're just speaking. They're just like a channel. They're just like a vessel. Mm -hmm. It's just coming out. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean same thing for me um, especially because I – that's one thing that I have difficulty with. I think interacting with other adults is like, I like I can see right through the filter <laughs> as an like as an empath. I can feel when someone is like putting on a little bit of a show. So like, it's so much easier with children. They don't have that. They don't have the the all those filters on like trying to you know show and show like you know what like I guess it's ego. You know they're not trying to show something that they're not. And when you think back to it, it's like, why do adults do that? Because again, we're worried about what other people think. Like it comes down to that. And like, for some reason, when you were saying um, that you like to interact with, with kids, it just gave me like a vision of, you know, every time when people interact with kids, they, they're able to let that guard down. Right. And it's like, then how, what would it be like if everyone would just in, interact with each other the way that they interact with kids? Like, yeah. How, how much simpler would certain things be, you know? I, I always think about that because I'm like, I hate small talk. I'm like one of these people that Me just too. has a really hard time with those types of social interactions. So I'm like, so much easier with kids. <laughs> There's a video you just made me think of. I forget where. It was on social media somewhere like a year ago. But it was all these um, kids going up to uh, people – older people who were sitting alone in a coffee shop or something and the kid would just go up and it was all different children with all different people. But the people that they were going up to, like I said, they were alone, they were older, they seemed kind of – had a kind of grumpy exterior and the kid would just be like, can I sit here? And the kid – and the old man would be like, well, I guess so. And then the kid, you know, and you could just see the facade like melting away and and that and the man's little boy coming out. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like that that pulling that energy out of him when to the rest of the world is this, you know, like right. harsh face and and I and and it, it's just cool cuz I'm keep getting this vision how like, yeah, because kids are like source like they're they're that love in in a body still it's there like they're in touch with it so it's flowing through them and so that's why they're magic they're magic when they come around mm-hmm. everyone turns back into that little childlike energy it's like santa claus or something or whoever i don't know some some figure like that <laughs> right um but um but gosh i was gonna say something oh well it, it <laughs> flew my mind um but Oh wait. Okay. Actually, I have a. I have a really. I feel like this is super controversial. So, I'm just gonna ask it because it came into okay. my mind. How do you feel 
what is the current parental – okay, what is your take on – I don't know why I'm scared <laughs> to ask this – on vaccinations? Ooh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just took it to a – Are you oh sure God. we want to go there? Um, I could probably cut this out. Okay, <laughs> okay. okay. I'm like it's very – there's very like passionate okay. – Okay, maybe we shouldn't go there because um, it could go – I mean, we. I've been meaning to ask John that though. I like want to know about that. Well, here's here's why I'm asking. Here, Let me get to the essence of why I'm asking okay. because for me, you know, becoming like conscious and mm-hmm. spiritual and whatever, there are things that, you know, when I when it comes to having a baby, I'm like, okay – the vaccination question comes up and then the birth question comes up. Like for me, I'm pretty sure I had a pretty, I've done a lot of like rebirthing and like birth trauma, like work on, Mm -hmm. because I, my mom was in labor with me for like 36 hours. I was a C-section, all this shit was going on in the delivery room. Like my dad almost got kicked out. Like there's all this stuff going on around my birth. And I've always had this very, like, I don't know. I just feel like it was a very chaotic environment there was a lot of fear going on and a lot of just – it just – I when I think about my birth, it feels like a lot, okay? Mm-hmm. So I've, I've thought about it. I'm like, well, you know, there's a lot of other ways to give birth and there's more natural ways and more gentle ways I feel like and – and then it kind of ties in with vaccination. It's like, well, is that really the right way? Is that really the right thing? And I guess my question is, you know, as we become more aware, right, of of new ways, um, how do we handle – how do we make – is it – I guess I don't know how to ask this question. Um, is it possible to be conscious and a conscious parent – and still use those methods. I mean, I guess it obviously is, but I just I'm curious if you if you have any perspective on that because you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think it's that obvious because I feel like there are like school like I feel like certain people are like purists around. Yeah. You know, parenting styles or whatever. Yeah, like hundred percent one way. Yeah, like yeah. one way or another. Yeah. Which I I'm not like that. I feel like I take from a lot of different um uh styles of parenting I'm I call myself like a semi-hippie yeah. <laughs> but at the same time like I I just try to stay really informed I mean I feel like if you're making an informed choice that's part of being conscious right so like as long as you're you know you're thinking through the different options then you are consciously parenting in my opinion like I don't think um making one choice or the other make doesn't make you a good parent right you're doing the best you can with the knowledge that you have right so mm-hmm. i wouldn't say like ignore it completely and just blindly you know follow mm-hmm. one thing because of whatever you know because that's i'm a conscious parent so whatever they say is conscious parenting i'm gonna yeah. do <laughs> no like i feel like then, then you're not conscious anymore right you're unconsciously following yeah, conscious exactly. <laughs> so true I feel like it's all about it goes back to being informed I mean like just get gather information whatever feels right to you I would say more that I'm an intuitive parent almost I would say like I really listen to my intuition when it comes to what's right for my kids and honestly like it changes from kid to kid like with my first child I was you know adamant about having a natural birth um and although I still and I had a hospital birth 
naturally. So I didn't have medication or anything for my first um, labor, but it was a matter of like the circumstances, honestly, because we happened to have like an amazing nurse who was a midwife in her previous country. So it just like, she was like completely on board and was able to change the course of what happened, um, which maybe this is another conversation, but it just goes into like making sure you have the right people around you when, when you want, when you know your outcome, um, the outcome that you want. But, um, but also being able to go with the flow because with my second child, like, um, we, I wanted to, you know, have a similar experience and he wasn't having it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like we, you know, my, my second labor was actually longer than my first. And like, everyone always tells you, you know, it's going to be easier. Like it's going to happen right away. Your doctors tell you to get to the hospital quicker and all this stuff. And, you know, he, we ended up, um, stalling for like hours. The labor, he was not coming. And, um, then it was like, I needed an intervention and then I needed an epidural. And then it was just like, um, I could easily have seen how it could have snowballed into, you know, a C-section. So it's like one of those things that be informed, be prepared, but also know that like you have to be flexible. And I think that's parenting in a nutshell, (laughs) like be informed, be prepared, but know that there's going to be things that come up um, and that you're not prepared for and that you kind of just have to follow your intuition. Mm. That's beautiful. And I think that's so well said. And I think that's a perfect way to wrap up this whole series is, you know, is like you, it just, from what I'm hearing you say, it's like you can, you can, you can learn as much as you can. You can, like you said, prepare as much as you can. But at the end of the day, each situation and each being is, is case by case is case yep. by case and it's about what feels the best to you and um and I really love that I think and just real quick I was thinking too it's kind of like eating right it's like the way that we are about specific diets or organic or whatever it's like we <laughs> try so hard to like stick to something but it ends up driving us even more crazy and it's like sometimes our body wants something that's like not on the diet or something it's in you know it it it's very similar so um so thank you so much for you know for putting it that way. I think it's really important. I think your message is just so, so nice and so soothing. And if I were a mother listening to this, I would get so much comfort out of hearing you. And um, is there anything you want to say before we we wrap this, this whole thing up since this is the last episode? No, I'm just really thankful to be able to, you know, share this uh, message with with the audience and I just love uh, being able to interact with you and with Ambi who's with us in spirit right now. <laughs> <Sweet spirit. laughs> yeah. Um, but just, I'm super excited about like um, being able to dive even deeper into my own beliefs and being able to have like, you know, I've just reflected so much having this opportunity, being able to reflect on what I feel and knowing that it does resonate with people. is really awesome. It feels good to to be able to do that so thank you guys so much oh thank thank you (laughs) thank you for being here for sharing your wisdom for and and also just for again like saying yes to yourself because I know like this is a little bit outside your comfort zone but you stepped up and you like I feel some magic is happening with you. So, um, so yeah it's been awesome and why don't you tell everyone one more time where they can find you 
Yes. So check out my blog, empathmom.com. Um, and you can email me there. And also, I just launched um, a Facebook page for Empath Mom. So if you Ooh. like it and maybe the first, I want to say the first 10 messages I get, I will do a quick consult with you guys, maybe like on some type of parenting issue that you feel you might have. Um, so like my page, Empath Mom. Hit me up there. Let's talk if you have any um, concerns. And even if you're not a parent and you have a parent (laughs) or, you know, have some type of issue that you're feeling, um, even just relationship-wise, I feel like um, I can give some intuition there and kind of help guide through some of those issues. So hit me up. I would love to hear from some of you bloomers. It'd be really awesome. That is so awesome. I'm so happy you're doing that. That is really exciting. You're taking steps forward and it definitely feels like that's what you should be doing, like for sure. Um, Really exciting. Congratulations. And um, let's just say thank you to our Patreons, Whitney Kanika, Tiffany Polito, Tammy Lip, Sheena Bowen, Sean Doe, Shannon McCoy, Sarah Meehan, Renee Hart, Priscilla Marquez, Mimi Abnetter, Melarabella Muncie, Mandy Ford, Lisa Perez, Kim Bartelt, Kelly Ann Bates, Kasha Boshnevich. Carrie Mayweather, Nike, Jamie Witch, Jamie McMahon, Jamie Edwards, Heather Kiefer, Grace, Dana McFadden, Cheyenne Carroll, Charm City Foster Mama on Instagram, Kara Miranda, Bex Boo, Amelia Stevenson, Alex Latiri, Alex Anderson, and Adonica Haskell. Thank you so, so, so much for supporting us and interacting with us and co-creating this show with us. We love you so much. And until next time, keep on blooming, everyone. Bye. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would give us a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. If you'd like to get in touch for a reading with Ambi, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast. Until next time, remember, open your heart to the seeds of love and light and bloom from within. 